Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, welcome to Shot of Business Central and a Beer Podcast, episode 44, the original podcast to pair beer with Business Central. Uh, Michael and Trevor Toll, along with Mr. Kenton Sebahar. And today we have special guest Jim Geo from Triangle Package Machinery Company. And today we're going to be talking about alcohol, holidays, and of course, Business Central. So first things first, Merry Christmas, gentlemen. And uh, I can't believe this is our third annual podcast, third or fourth, right? Third? Third. Third annual podcast with Jim. So yeah. can you believe it, Ken? Welcome. No, I can't believe it. As a matter of fact, I think Jim has officially become the Santa Claus <laughs> of a shot of Business Central and a beer. So love to have him here. It's time to catch up with Jim on on what he's been up to over the last year. Um, I think you know a year ago we were talking about Business Central and upgrades and cloud versus on-premise. And he's back with us again yeah. to tell us where he's where he's uh, this last 12 months has taken them and find out more and then in the, in the, and then wrap it up with what his plans are for next year. Yeah, we may have some of the same questions for you, too. <laughs> but before we get in all that, we've always got to talk about what we're drinking. Um, so first of all, beer wise, what do we got here? We got Alpha Kings by Three Floyds. Alpha Claws. Or sorry, Alpha Claws by Three Floyds. Three in, Floyds, brewing in Munster, Indiana. Yep. Brought in by the famous Miss Mrs. Kim Simios. <laughs> who also happens to be sitting here with us at the table for the podcast. Yeah. My first live podcast. It is. Yeah. Welcome. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> and she brought in the beer. Yeah, so thank for you. those for those beer fans out there, right? So Three Floyds makes a beer called Alpha King. So kind of a play on that name, Alpha Claus, for the holidays. It is a Christmas ale. Uh, and, you know, what is what is a Christmas ale? Well, Something that's dark in color. <laughs> yeah, it's just a general kind of catch-all description for beers, typically seasonally made, um, usually high alcohol content, yeah. 5, 5% and up. And usually very dark with a lot of spices, herbs, or fruits. So is there something, too, does anybody know, is there something, too, when you go into, like, Benny's and you see Christmas this, this beer, Christmas that beer? Is there, When it says Christmas, is there a special flavoring to it? or Yeah, like, there a, is? like a dark, toasted, malty. That's what it means? Kind of pour, almost like a porter gotcha. uh, beer. But usually with spices or, or fruity flavors also. I thought maybe it was just a marketing it. ploy. It's the holidays, try it out, you know. Probably that too. Yeah. Not yeah. bad, not bad. Yeah. But this is going to be the first beer. We got another beer to try later, and we're also drinking some mm -hmm. uh, Woodford Reserve bourbon. Because it's the holidays, why not? And we have a special guest. Right. <laughs> oh, thank you. Or is that for Kim? <laughs> Kim's last minute addition to the podcast today. Yes. Who knows? Maybe she'll be a regular. I don't know. Maybe. But I'm going to give it a sip. I've not tried it yet. Smells really good. I smell honey oh, yeah. and stuff like that. It's pretty tasty. Candy? No smell. It smells really good. Yep. Pairs nicely with the Alpha Claws Christmas ale. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's a it's a sipper. It's a sipper. Well, that's because it's crafted with 72% corn, 18% rye, and 10% malted barley, Ken. Wow, you just knew that off the top of your head. Absolutely. <laughs> Who has computers nowadays? <laughs> Oh, it's too funny. So, um, you know, I actually looked into because you know you see Woodford Reserve 
alcohol a lot when you go into Binnie's, right? Yeah, I wanted pretty to know, popular bourbon. Yeah, what makes that company so popular? And uh, so they actually made bourbon on the same site now that they do in 1812. But what's kind of different about their stuff is the water that they use comes directly from the distillery. It's naturally filtered by the limestone deposits under their property, and it's iron-free and mineral-rich. So that's kind of what sets them apart from everybody else. I mean, you know, their distillation and, and fermentation and, and whatnot is a little bit different too. Yeah. But it's really supposedly the water that well, makes that's what they say. Preserve different with their alcohol. Yeah, if you've ever watched the show Moonshiners, right? Mm. You guys got to have a good water source. Yeah, good, yeah. clean, good, clean water. Yeah. Uh, also, they say like, you know, not related to alcohol, but, you know, what makes a New York City bagel, is a New York bagel is the water. Mm -hmm. That's what they say. I've always heard New York has really good water. I've tried it. I mean, it tastes the same, but <laughs> who knows whether or not it's true. Yeah, All right. It's delicious. So today, yeah, we're gonna be next up. We'll be talking about a little bit of Business Central news, and then uh, we're gonna dive in hardcore with Mr. Jim Geo and see what's new and exciting. Sound good? Let's do it. All right. So welcome back, everybody, to go with my shot of Woodford Reserve here. I'm gonna give you a, all a shot of Business Central. Uh, while we're at it. So uh, first and foremost, I don't want to bury the lead here. So uh, uh, the the Directions EMEA conference was held uh, recently. A lot of news coming out of there. Um, you know, and one of the things that was announced uh, is by Microsoft is that um, the SMB ERP product, which is basically Business Central, uh, is the fastest growing segment of Microsoft's business applications portfolio. Wow. So that's huge. Yeah. Triple digit growth. So because when you think of all the, what, you know, what's part of Microsoft's portfolio, yeah. there's yeah. a lot of products. Yep. So it's a, it's a little, it's a little uh, frustrating in that Microsoft is kind of taking away some of the granular information that they used to share. Um, like they used to share like the number of businesses wow. running the application, right? Like yeah. at one point, I think it was public information, like nearly like 250,000 companies around the world are running Business Central now or NAV, Dynamics NAV and Business Central. Right. Um, now at this point, they're starting to peel back on that a little bit in terms of the explicit numbers they share. And they're just saying things like Business Central is our leading product, triple digit growth. Um, but triple digit growth, I mean, that could be anywhere from 100% growth to 900%. Yeah. Right. Um, so very, very good though. But, but I mean, anyone, right, for us, for us and for all the Business Central users out there, that's great news, right? It means that you're, you're running a, a good product, a solid Here's product. Today. It's Microsoft's leading product for small and mid-sized businesses. Um, so, yeah. I mean, so, it's going to get resources poured into it. Correct. And then right? it's just going to keep getting better and better. It's all it's all good. A um, couple little tidbits. Um, one of the things they announced, a couple pr pricing kind of related changes. First thing is if they, they're, they're currently charging, if you have to if you have to have a second production environment in your tenant, that's currently like a five hundred dollar a month fee. Yeah. They're actually reducing that to I think it's either three hundred or three fifty a month. So like a 30 to 40% reduction. It's really good. From that, for that. Uh, so that's good news. 
they're also in, they also announced a, uh, a free team member type license so that anyone within the organization who has who's using mm -hmm. teams microsoft teams yeah. can be a, can have business central data exposed to them for free right so if you're if you're if you have a microsoft 365 license you can actually go on teams and and only read only read only uh, information about business central that's been embedded in teams right and it's selected information good. there's yeah, there are still. limitations but things like inventory items or or customer information mm -hmm. But you now have it, there's no team member license required for Business Central. Right, it's just right. Uh, included. Yeah, I mean, I think part of that is too they're pushing Microsoft Teams too, right? So I think if you just have a a uh, Business Central team member license, I don't think you can see that information before on Microsoft Teams. So I think they've reworked it to where you can now. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that that's a couple of the th couple of the things there that we want. I wanted to get through. There's also kind of a anyone who's in the inside. There's the, you know Microsoft has had for for any of the Business Central an ISV embed program. Uh, so if you're building ISV solutions for the product, there was what's called the embed program. That's ending on December 31st. Um, and and there is other information. We don't need to get into the details of it, but just anyone who's maybe developing a product or running a product. Um, you know, just know that that is ending and there's information online about what's next or gotcha. what actions to take. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's a pretty good list. Um, that's actually a really good list. Uh, let's see what else I got on mine. So there was a minor update 21.1. I can't recall if we talked about that towards October at the end of October because I know we didn't meet. Yeah, I don't think we did. Nope. There's actually a few, quite a few new changes. For that one, yeah, feature changes, yeah, absolutely. So you can access Business Central with your Microsoft 365 license like you talked about. Uh, you can embed Business Central now in a Teams tab, uh, which is which is kind of cool. Um, there's an auto save as you work. So basically due to popular demand, administrators can now choose to turn on or off the new auto saving behavior user feature management. I think we we might have we talked did. about that. I, you know, I, I, I personally am not sure why you would want to turn off the new auto saving feature. Yeah um maybe yeah we'll find out yeah. but 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 it's just it's, maybe maybe it, it's a security thing or something it's yeah, just auto saved all the no. time it's just auto saves now you can turn that off so i don't know maybe performance not sure could be yeah and then there's there's other ones like business centrals available in 11 more countries um you know use multi-line text fields with word mail merge i think we we talked about that uh, and then there's a sync users based on environment security group. Yep. 21.2. Um, also some some feature changes, not not as many. Uh, you can use the default attachments and emails that is sent for Business Central. So you can now by default attach privacy notices, disclaimers, disclaimers, terms and conditions, you know, basically any other document you want to to your emails by default. Um, you can easily comply with email sending limits through email throttling. Uh, so you can set the email rate limit per minute to comply with your email provider sending limits. I didn't realize that that was maybe an issue for some people. I guess it was, yeah. Yeah. And then the only thing, other thing on my list is January 10th, 2023 is the official end of Microsoft Dynamics NAV. So uh, this is the day that NAV 2018 will end the mainstream support. So it's kind of a sad day, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the end of the end of an era right? yeah because it's been i don't know when was the first year in half 
Uh, boy, I don't know. There's some. Actually, there's some. From Microsoft, there's right? some old schoolers out there that probably know. Oh, any. Uh, uh, boy, uh, NAV 4.0 might have been. I mean, yeah. it was like. But we 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 go back to Navision 2.6, yeah, which was I think 1999 or 2000. Yeah. So it's had a 20 plus year run. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's still continuing. It's just I mean they've yeah, actually yeah, yeah. changed the name multiple times. Navision, NAV, Business Central. Right, right. So same pro same product really, just um, continuous improvement. On it. Absolutely. All right. Anything else? You got. No, that's good. I mean, otherwise, you know, I I think um, just in terms of like seeing dozens and dozens of environments getting updated regularly for for I think all of the environments I've seen, we we had one sandbox environment that had an issue with a uh, with one of these last two updates going, yeah, but it was some fluky just, thing. Yeah. So I just continue to see the success of the 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 cloud online version where there were these updates are getting applied. Um, and I we, I was um, talking to someone the other day and we were talking about upgrade budgets and um, and I said, oh, hey, did you notice, by the way, that your environment was updated to this new major release 2022 wave two recently? Know. And he's and he said, oh, yeah, I saw it. I said, remind me again, what was our budget to complete this <laughs> upgrade? Zero dollars. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing, that's, right? What customer isn't like that? Yeah, so that's that's what that's what I think everyone's where where everyone's ultimately pointing towards, right? Yeah, is to get to that get to that point. So what do we got next, Ken? Next, we're gonna have get a drunk? nice detailed discussion <laughs> with Jim Geo to find out what's been happening at Triangle Package Machinery, and uh, and what and what the future holds. All right, we are back. It is time for the most entertaining segment of the day, in my opinion. Uh, we've got Mr. Jim Geo, who is the Director of Information Systems at Triangle Package Machinery Company. And, uh, you know, Jim, for the people who might not be familiar with you, you've been on the podcast a couple other times. Can you tell them, you know, a little bit about who you are, maybe what you do, and maybe a little bit about Triangle? Sure. So, as Michael said, you know, my name is Jim Geo. Um, I've uh, been with uh, Triangle Package Machinery Company for close to eight years now. Uh, Triangle Package Machinery has been around for 100 years, and we're a manufacturer of uh, custom-built machines for uh, packaging machines for the food service industry. So we've been doing that uh, in the Chicago area for the past 100 years. Um, and uh, about eight years ago, I was brought on board to uh, replace their uh, existing ERP system, which was more of a job management system um, uh, instead of an ERP system, but um, I was brought on board to uh, replace that with the newest version of that software. Um, after looking at it, I uh, introduced them to uh, Dynamics uh, NAV at the time, and after um, a little bit of an uphill battle, they actually realized that the product they wanted to go with wasn't as good as NAV, and we ended up uh, going with um, NAV uh, 2016 at the time. Um, so since then, um, it's been one of, uh, you know, um, the president of our company, Brian, it's been one of, uh, I know his, you know, uh, 
Carter moments. I know he's doing a lot of great things for us. I know that bringing in this ERP system is one of the things he does consider to be a, a big success over time as well. Um, very happy with the purchase of the product and uh, the company's dedication to uh, upgrading it to always uh, trying to figure out ways to use it and integrate into it um, definitely shows that even at the senior level, there is a commitment to wanting to use this product more um, and their faith in what it does for us. Great. Yeah. So the first time we had you on the show, you guys were just coming off using NAV 2016 and, and switched to Business Central 14 on premise. And uh, we'll link to that in the show notes about how, you know, what decisions were made to make that switch. And we know you kept BC 14 because you wanted to keep objects at the time and, and just kind of basically do a basic upgrade. Uh, so we'll link to that. But now, you're going from Business Central version 14 to Business Central version 21, uh, still on-premise, but hosted in a private Azure cloud, correct? Yes. So tell me a little bit about why um, you chose to stay on-premise, hosted in the Azure cloud, as opposed to going full cloud. So that's a great question. And that's a question um, I ask myself on occasion as well. <laughs> But really what it, it comes down to for us is, you know, we we set uh, a path that we wanted to make sure that we didn't uh, let the ERP system get stagnant. So we wanted to make sure that every two to three years we were reviewing it and doing the upgrades uh, because there are a lot of features that come out of it. And, you know, things that are customizations and add-ons um, turn into inherent capabilities as you do these upgrades. So those are things that we want to um, always make sure that we're staying current on. Uh, now, when it comes to staying on premise or going into the cloud, for us, it really had to do with the fact that, as I mentioned earlier, we did not have a true ERP system up until about eight years ago. Um, and as you can imagine, that's a very scary uh, uh, undertaking. And it, you learn a lot about yourself when you're doing that and about your business. And so, um, you know, the old cliche of you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Um, and then as the ERP starts to uncover these things for you and you're finding out more and more about yourself, you're like, okay, well, we can change that. But unfortunately, there has to be some form of change yeah. management that goes into all of this. Because if you just say, okay, you've done it for this way for, you know, 100 years or at the time, you know, 93 years. And now we're saying, okay, stop. You have to do it this way now. That's that's unreasonable and you'll shut the doors. And in a company like ours, it's not how we operate. I mean, we're a family-run company, so we try to, you know, respond to our employees' needs and make sure that people feel comfortable coming into work. I mean, if you change the way that their whole life is, that's not really yeah. a good environment to work. And plus, they're going to hate the system. So, you know, part of what we did was we brought in uh, NAV at the time and we customized it um, to fit our needs. And over the years, with each upgrade, we remove customizations and we um have tried to make it more out of the box and adapt our processes into more of business standard um you know uh keeping in line with you know making sure that we can still process things but are we doing it efficiently are we doing it cost effectively um with this latest upgrade um we still have a lot of uh little tweaks that we've put into the system that we want to maintain um and you know, it, we uh, we really looked at it very hard of, do we just start over and start with a clean slate? Um, 
and worked with Ken a lot on that. There was a lot of Excel spreadsheets that, you know, your eyes go across after looking at them and seeing mm -hmm. all of the things that are in there. But as you're going through those objects and you're talking to people and it's like, no, I need that field still. And you're looking at it going, well, it's really not a bad field to have. It actually helps the business and I hope Microsoft puts that in one day. And you start to go through these things, then you look at other things and you're like, okay, that's a bad process. Let's take that out. Let's figure out the right way to do it. So. Um, I would never say that, you know, we went through that whole process of figuring out, you know, if we were going to do an upgrade or if we were going to do a clean install, we ended up going with uh, doing the upgrade because it seemed um, like the easier path. Um, but what it did provide us with is a good opportunity to really look at um, enhancements that we forgot about. And when speaking, you know, to Ken about it, it's like, okay, no, that one can come out, pull that out. And really it's it's forced us to really look at it so not just keep um, stacking on old technology so um, even though we didn't do the upgrade or I'm sorry we didn't do the clean and so we did the upgrade I, I think it was a very good um, exercise to um, find out how we wanted to move forward yeah. um, now my goal is within the next couple of upgrades you know I don't I'm not gonna say by the next one but within the next you know five to six years I do want to have us into a full cloud environment and minimize um, the amount of infrastructure on our side that's needed um, and just and overall you know make it easier than we decide to make that upgrade yeah. it's just a matter of yeah. let's do it do you ken do you think it's it's com more common for companies to go the route of jim and triangle to where they they reevaluate and they, they choose to upgrade as opposed to re-implement re the software when making, you know, when going from an object-based version to an extensions add-on uh, version? Um, yeah, it is It is a part and parcel of going from an older version of NAV or early version of Business Central with objects. When you go to, whether it's, you know, uh, 2022 wave one or wave two um, on-premise or, or BC online, yes you have to go through that process of evaluating what are all the add-on solutions we have in here do we need them still what are all the extensions or, or sorry the customizations that we've done and and do we take the time to convert those into extensions and how do we convert those into extensions right there's 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 so many variables uh in this upgrade that it's been very you know for us <clears throat> kind of you know challenging too to understand what are all the possible options out there and then communicate that and then work with the users to ultimately decide and I, I would tell you that it, it is there there is no right answer right every company has has a different environment with different data and requirements and customization levels so you really have to evaluate on, on a case-by-case -case basis and i would say that Jim and his team uh, at, at Triangle are taking a very smart approach by, like he said, not trying to do too much at once. Mm -hmm. Like when you think about it, a hundred year old company that up until eight years ago didn't have an, a full ERP, mm -hmm. integrated ERP solution. And and we're, we're talking like they're taking their time by going to from Business Central 14 to 21 on-premise, and then maybe a few years down the road to BC Online. But think about that in terms of the big picture. That's rapid change to implement a fully integrated ERP, upgrade two, three times within a span of eight to 10 years, and get to where you're fully deployed on a cloud-based model that's upgrading itself with customizations every month, right? I mean, 
and and I think a lot of people try to try to make that huge leap all the way over in one jump, <laughs> and that's tough. Yeah. So I, you know, and maybe that's the conservative side of me, but I, you know, that that methodical step by step approach, I think, is the smart, most least uh, least disruptive. Yeah, so so would you say most people running like NAV 2016 should always go maybe to BC 14 first with objects and then figure out the plan, you know, to eventually move to an all extension? You know, at this at this point, um, no, because remember back you've been running 14 for uh, a year and a half, Mm -hmm. has it been? Yes. And now at this point, I think Business Central 14, right, that's now been out almost five years. So now at this point, if you're starting something today from NAV 2016, maybe you have to go full extension. Well, you, you probably want to go to full extension, whether that's on premise or online. Right. That's still another decision that you can make. Um, but um, yeah, the kind of the every every six months, Microsoft is, is is putting out a major release now. So there's new changes, new changes, new changes. Thankfully, they've kept a migration path from 14 to 21 so you know thankfully that's there um but but it's again it's it's a decision that unfortunately has to be evaluated on a a case-by-case basis gotcha do you have uh jim do you have more security concerns with uh, business central full cloud deployment as opposed to a hybrid deployment as what you're going to know um i do i mean right now i have control over the security of uh, our data center and of our clients um, and how we connect to it. Um, you know, we are a pretty locked down shop when it comes to things. So, you know, that does bring in a, a, a little bit of a security issue for that. You know, that will definitely be something that we do look at um, as time goes on. But at the same time, you know, depending on where we're hosted at, I mean, you know, they, they're going to have, you know, SLAs that, um, we have to follow and we're just gonna <laughs> see what that means you know for us in the future and see if that's something that we can work with and if they're comfortable with uh but right now like i said it's it's we're very happy with being on premise um uh we have the infrastructure for it and it does allow for a little more flexibility i feel so you know i think once we get into that full cloud environment in a few years we'll be a different company though you know, yeah. we're going to have more standard business practices. I mean, you know, to Ken's point, I mean, every upgrade, we're pulling something out and we're changing something. And mm-hmm. as a company, we're evolving um, daily. And uh, the use of the system was, you know, it went from something that was sort of, um, you know, a, uh, I, w- I don't want to say like an add-on because it's really not, I mean, your ERP system's never an add-on, but it's something that was just there. Now it's part of people's daily lives and it's, a core function of our business and it's looking at can you do this in nav how is nav going to handle this you know in our case now business central and those are good questions i you know as a director of it i love when people are going how would i do this in bc great question let's work through that before it used to be we're trying to do this or we're, we do it like this make bc do this okay and Unfortunately, just to get them into the system and using the system, you have to do that little bit of a bend. But what you hope for is if once you have them in, then the pendulum shifts. So, like I said, it goes from 
make BC do this to we're going to do this because this is how BC does it. Gotcha. And I think that's what I love about um, what we're doing. And really, you know, I I, um, I have to always credit the uh, the team at Triangle. I mean, I have a great user base. I mean, they really own the system. Um, I have the luxury of just maintaining it, if you would, and driving initiatives um, and, and trying to respond to requests. But I mean, my end users are uh, amazing. I mean, they really took ownership in the system. Um, we definitely empower them to have that ownership. And that really grows the system because they're identifying, okay, how do I do this? I mean, one of the gentlemen that I work with is constantly online. He'll, he'll come in and go, all right, so I posted something in a forum and some guy from France just got back to me with an answer of how they're accomplishing this. So, I mean, it, that that's something I love to see that our that uh, my uh, end users are doing. So, I mean, really, I mean, I'm responsible for calling the plays and saying, okay, we're going to go do this, but they're actually the ones running this down the field and they're really the people that uh, uh, make this system um, move forward and progress. I mean, like I said, I have a phenomenal user base and really the system was stagnant if it was just an IT solution, you know? Nice. So that's, that's a, a, a huge part of the success of our system at Triangle. Nice. I think before we move forward in this segment, we should uh, all drink to low-cost upgrades in the future. Low-cost <laughs> upgrades. Cheers. 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 So, Kim, when you first talked to Jim, how'd you feel? Did you think that, could you believe it, they were running a, uh, a, a basic ERP? Size and the volume that they were doing? No, it was kind of hard to believe, but... Uh... It was a good group to work with and didn't have to do much convincing to make the change. So absolutely. It was good. Yeah. And I think that's that's probably pretty true for for a lot most companies mm -hmm. that the users need to own it, mm -hmm. right? To get the most value out of it. Because if it's just something that they're forced to do every day and they view it that way, um, they're not gonna try to, you know, proactively think of how how can this be used better? How can we use this? get more leverage out yeah. of it um and it's like us you know we're here to help but you know we it's it's up to the end users right to uh to make yeah. the most out of it i'm curious when you guys first decided to make the jump from like nav to bc14 or even from the 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 older erp to nav 2016 um and maybe you don't know this but do you think most users were on board with change or was it kind of difficult and they they figured we don't need to change it's working you know how we are oh i do know this i mean there was like there was pitchforks and torches waiting <laughs> for me uh, i mean and you know and to that point i mean people are you know change is a very scary thing i mean and the system that we were using was a glorified uh green screen system um it had not been upgraded i want to say in over 15 years and i may be even being kind saying 15. uh so there was a lot of uh, inherent knowledge and these people, you know, were, were very, very good at their jobs. So they don't need the system. The system is just a way of like tracking a few things that I did, um, you know, and it's something just for the accountants to be able to reconcile. And it's not how I do my job. So trying to like put them into the system, which like I said, I'm going from a green screen to, you know, this disco ball that is, you know, uh, that is, you know, dynamics you know at nav at the time bright colors and things like that and they're like and it was a bit of a learning curve you know and the other thing is and this was a very hard thing for us and it's one of the things that um i can't stress enough when any implementation is 
knowing the process that, that you're actually doing. And most of the people that um, were in our old system knew the keystrokes. So they knew if I hit, you know, Q and then the plus sign and enter, that takes me to where I need to be. What does Q plus sign enter do? I don't know. Yeah, it gets me to where I need to be, where I can enter this. And they don't realize that it's actually logging these transactions and it's doing all of these things. So it, it, there's a whole process to that implementation and, and teaching people, um, you know, that it's not just so much hitting the keys. What are we doing? And let's walk that through and let's map out that process. And that's a very hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, because then as you're mapping out that process, you're finding out how many times that process splinters off. Right. Um, the biggest thing I always tell people is don't plan based on the exception. I mean, everyone's well, when this happens, okay, fine. How often does that happen? Once a year. I don't care. Right. Tell me how we do it every day. Yeah. And I, that's a, that was a very hard thing too, is don't tell me about the exception. Let's go with the standard and mapping out the process and making the people realize that their knowledge of that process is extremely important to us. Mm -hmm. And just because I'm putting it into the system doesn't mean you've gained or you've lost value. You've actually gained value because you're making the system. You're telling me how it flows. You're showing me this process. Now, anybody that's intelligent enough to do that, I could actually put you onto something else. And I think that's what you have to really stress to people is that you have a great knowledge. You've got us to this far with what you've done. Now imagine if I take that off of your plate and I can give you to the next thing. What's the what what's the next phase that you know in your process that's driving you crazy? Imagine if I freed you up and you could fix that. Right. So it's presenting it in, in in such a way that they realize that I'm not taking away anything from you because people are very proud of what they have and there's an ownership to it and sometimes there's even a security to it of I know how to do this and you're going to take it away and put it in the system. Yes, because you're more valuable than just a key puncher that just does. I want to take that knowledge out of you and I want to see what you can develop for me in the next part. And what downstream can you fix for me? And that's really that humble approach of saying, we don't know the answers. And I think that's a huge part of it. And people can usually view IT and the solutions that we bring is that we're trying to tell you how to do your job. No, I want to tell you how to do your job. You do your job. I want to help you not do busy work with your job. I want to allow a skilled, knowledgeable person to do things that actually require skill and knowledge. Let's let, let the system do the stuff that's tedious. And I think it's showing people that, that I'm not taking, I, I want to, you know, really use the knowledge that you have and expand on what you have, not just keep you, you know, stunted where you're at. So it's, it's, it's hard. I'm not going to say that it's easy, but I think once you get over that big hurdle, then it just starts to go. And um, mm -hmm. having a good user base that sees changes, they become your best advocates. I could say BC, NAV, I could say anything's great all I want. Great, CIT guy, it's his job to do it. If I don't like it, he doesn't have a job. Not 100% true, but <laughs> at the end of the day, they don't trust it. But now if their coworker loves it and he's saying, it is that good, it does help me. My job got a ton easier with this. That's the best advertisement I can get for the system. And that's the best sort of um, advocate that I could have. Or the end user is the best advocate for the system. I, like I said, I could preach it all day. They're the ones who have the better respect of their coworkers, and they're going to be the ones that go, you know, George loves it, then it must be good because George doesn't love anything. <laughs> and so, so that's that's uh, that's to me was a, a good path or a hard path. But now people look forward to the upgrades. 
So at the end of the day, appreciate the people you work with and user training is very important. Oh God, yeah. Gotcha. Not too bad. So Ken, what would you say is one of the biggest challenges from going like from BC 14 on prem to BC 21? Is it figuring out the objects and, and converting them to extensions and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's a it's a tedious process because to to Jim Jim mentioned you know, the uh, you know spreadsheets right till your eyes cross. Well, you have to. I mean, if you're if you're going to do it right, you need to understand what are all the customizations that have been done. What custom tables exist? What custom fields have been added to each table? What add-ons have been put in there? And then, really, a decision has to be made: Do we need this? Yes or no? So that because those that has has to be transitioned into an extension, right? And and we again we want a lighter extension if we can. We don't want to just bring over all this stuff. Right, so um, that is usually a part of this process is is detailing all that out. Now, that's one piece of it. The second piece is the fact that in this example, this is what we call a hybrid upgrade, because we're taking um, all of the standard base data and we're upgrading it. So all of your ledger entries, item ledger entries, GL entries, posted documents, everything, all yeah. of the data. But we're not bringing all of the customizations or add-on solutions, and those may have had some data in it. So you have to evaluate the fact that okay, well, we're going to drop this extension and this extension or this app or add-on, and then we're going to drop these customizations. So we're going we're to lose that data. Is everyone good with that? Yep. Okay, great. Now, what new apps are we going to use? Mm -hmm. Because in for BC. Right. There's new versions of, of new apps that and, and a lot of partners apps have changed. Um, a good example is you guys run uh, right as an engineer to engineer to order mm -hmm. manufacturing company. Do you use both the jobs module? And the manufacturing module? Yes. Well, one of the add ons that, that, that is in there is the one called job manager that adds a layer of bells and whistles on top of the jobs module. That app has been redesigned for BC, so a new app. So there's there's a little bit of training that we're going to have to do, um, you know, and and make sure that we've got all the data upgrading correctly. So, so there behind the scenes, there's a lot of technical things that we have to be aware of, and and we need the users. So 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 what happens is we get a backup of the 14 database, right? We Go behind the curtain mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of whistles and smoke <laughs> blowing all over the place and 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 you open the curtains and there is that database but now upgraded to bc21 now what we need is we need the users to get in there and test everything yeah in theory it should kind of work the same as it did before you're going to see some things are missing or they look a little bit different but for the most part the processes should flow similarly. So are you evaluating the processes too during an upgrade or is that? Well, I, you know, for mostly it's an apples to apples thing. Right. For, right. However, there's these exceptions that we're going to note and we'll say, hey, this area here changed a little bit. Um, it changed how, uh, I'm just making this up, like assembly orders. There's some changes to how assembly orders get processed. So we want you guys to pay special attention to focus on assembly orders and make sure that your process is going to work right correctly. 
so a funny one that I had for this whole thing is, you know, Ken mentions like the Excel spreadsheet, you know, with all the stuff on mm -hmm. it. And like I said, it's it's very cumbersome, but the easiest thing that I could equate it to is like if you were to find a storage bin with old clothes in it and you're going through this bin and you're like, why did I buy this? Like, and you're looking at this stuff and then you're, you're going, okay, well, that coat still fits and it's okay. It's, it's, and you're going to this, I'm like, really? I had cuffed Cavaricis on, huh? No, those need to go away. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's really what this comes down to is you look at some of these upgrades and you or these enhancements, I should say, and you're like, why did I put that in? And you're like, oh my God, I forgot about that. And that was like a goal. And there was things that were on our list. And I'm like, that was something we just needed for go live. Everyone was like, we got to have it, got to have it. And we used it for about a month. And, and you know, you just start to, there's, you hate to say there's a, a bit of nostalgia to it, but like, as you're going through it, you start to remember like, yeah, that was the thing everybody told me I needed. Some things are impulse buying basically. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And then you're looking at it going, yeah, that should not come back. And God, I hope it never comes back. And like it's a mullet. I don't want it to ever come back. Uh, just leave it wherever it was in the 80s. I can't there. hope the mullet comes back. There you go. I'm not working with a lot. And to continue his analogy in terms of that upgrade. So you open that storage bin, you open that storage locker or whatever. Yeah. And there's all these boxes in there and they're kind of old boxes. Some are torn, right? And and what, what you want to do is you want to take all that stuff out and you have to put it into all into new bins, mm -hmm. right? And you, and you don't want to have as many bins because you got to buy the bins and then you got to haul the bins. So ideally, you want to go through those boxes and clean out all the stuff yeah. you don't want so that you're just going to keep the stuff that you yeah. do want and put it into the new bins, yeah. so the it's plastic like that, seal top bins. It's like that old AMC show where they have like, we're keeping this, this is going in the garbage. Right. And this you're selling or whatever. Yeah. So now what now what happens in the real world? In the real world, you open up the door, you start going through a couple boxes, you make some decisions, you put some stuff into the bins, and then a lot of times you get tired. Yeah. And you say, you know what? Just you 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 lift up the box, yeah. you turn it upside down and dump it into the new yeah, bin. Yeah, yeah. And you, you say, just take it. it. Yeah. Just yeah. take it all. I'll I'll we'll deal with it later. <laughs> right. So that's where it gets tricky is like, you know, you got to really be focused and, and make those decisions, but, or, or you just say, you know what, let's just grab it. We think it's mostly good, put it all into the new bins and move it along. Right. And stuff tends to purge itself out. I mean, over time, I mean, here for an case, you know, we came down up with a list that, you know, we felt that, yes, I mean, a lot of it, we, we verified that we are still using, but through the course of, you know, the upgrade, we're going to find new and better ways to accomplish the same goal, hopefully with less steps. And those enhancements are going to go away. You know, so, I mean, that's my goal is that each time we do an upgrade, the amount of enhancements, get, you know, that we have in there gets reduced significantly in that at some point in time, you're just running a standard out of the box solution with extensions and, you know, um, certified add-ons, you know, not these little tweaks that we've yeah. done to it i mean i it's going to be a process and you know like i said for what we do and you know just being a custom machine manufacturer that we are it's not easy i mean because you know as i mentioned earlier you know you, you can't build for the exception but unfortunately the majority of my day believe it or not or, or i'm sorry our for our business is an exception everything's a custom machine so it's very similar to what you guys do you have an out-of-the-box software and then you have to build it to the customer. Um, and it's really no different than what we're doing. So, I mean, you know, you know, it's gonna be about this much time, it's gonna cost about this much money. And based on what I'm hearing, these are the things we know you're going to need. 
and then there's the tweaks. Yeah. We're no different than that with the machines that we build because um, we don't build a machine that is on the shelf. We build it to our customer specification. Um, so there's always going to be that, I don't want to call it chaos, but there's always that uncertainty in what we're doing. And the fact that you know Business Central has the capability to adapt to a lot of that for us and has tools built into it that we can manipulate, I shouldn't say manipulate, but we can utilize to help us minimize the the ripple effect of those those um, anomalies in our or irregularities, I should say, in our order cycles. That helps us a lot. So, you know, as time goes by, we're going to keep, re you know, I shouldn't say reinventing, but reevaluating our system and just saying, OK, this is a way that we can achieve that. And as the system keeps progressing, it mm -hmm. comes with more inherent features that address uh, those issues for us. Sure. So it's nice to see that the system does do a lot of that and that I can remove customizations because that means that it grew as long as much as we did. Have you been on Microsoft App Source yet? <laughs> not. Have you seen how many apps there are for Business Central? 5,000? Over 3,100. Really? Right now. Wow. Yeah. It's going fast. It's yeah. going fast. Yeah, you might get addicted to it. <laughs> yeah. So here we are. We're sitting here at the end of 2022. First quarter 2023 users are going to be in there testing, hopefully get get it fully deployed in the second quarter, be up and running. And then, you know, our goal, right, is to is you're 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 going to be back here a year from now for your fourth annual visit to the podcast and be able to share uh, some of those experiences that you had moving from 14 to 21. Mm -hmm. And then sharing, uh, kind of looking forward to the next chapter. Tell us about how easy those that. upgrades are. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely, yes. Good times, good times. Well, I've got no more for, for Mr. Jim. How about you? No, I'm good. I, I just want to say thank you, Jim, for, for joining us again. I, I think that this is, has to be super helpful for, for users who are listening. There's, I know that there are thousands of people out there who are running, who are, who, are, who are going through or about to go through the same thing that you've gone through. So hearing the, this from other people and seeing that, okay, what they're experiencing is not unusual, right. has to be pretty uh, comforting. I, I, you know, I would imagine that it, it is. I mean, that's, you know, um, to, to me, it's that's a huge part of this. Because I think when you're doing these types of, you know, implementations or upgrades, I mean, you just, it gets so frustrating and you start to feel like, why? Why are we doing it? And it just becomes like you feel like you're kind of yeah. this oddity. And then when you find out, no, it's pretty normal. You're going through the same pains that everybody else is going through. It's good. And, you know, as I've talked to other customers and things like that, you know, you find out, it's like, no, here's how we got through that or here's how we did this. And it, 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 to me, um, it's very helpful um, just in general that, you know, that uh, there's a, one, there is a very good uh, community out there uh, for Business Central online that has a lot of answers. You know, companies like yours, I mean, here for our needs, and I'll always remember this when we were looking for uh, companies to choose, you know, this is going back to when we actually did the selection, you know, we interviewed with a few other companies who I'm not going to name, uh, but one of the things that really um, attracted uh, us to SSI was uh, that, yes, of course, Kim, <laughs> but uh, 
for our company, um, who is a family-owned company, and that is, um, you know, it's a very, you know, when people say family-owned company, what does that mean? You know, it can mean a lot of things. In our case, it is a value system, and it's how we feel about um, our employees. It's how we feel about our vendors. It's how we feel about our customers. It's a care. It's not just so much we buy this from you. You need to do this. Um, it's not so much we sold this to you. It's your problem. There's a back and forth relationship there, and that's really how we uh, uh, treat everybody that we deal with is as a family, and it's part of our family. Um, and so when we were introduced to SSI, um, you know, I had a previous relationship with them, but when I brought uh, you guys in, that was one of the um, um, overwhelming comments from, um, you know, our team that was picking the ERP was that, you know, NAV seemed like the best one, and SSI seems like the company to do it for us because they seem to fall in line with our values. And, and that's a huge part of this whole thing is having um, a partner in this that you trust. And it's not just, well, if you buy this upgrade, this will work. No, How, okay, that's not the way it works. There is that back and forth. I love when I come to you guys going, okay, somebody asked me this question. Yeah, you really don't want to do that. I love when I get that kind of feedback because it's easier just to charge me for it. It's better to tell me that's not the greatest thing you want to do. It's not the best thing you could do. It's not the best path you could take. So I think that um, that makes this process a ton easier is when you have um, a good relationship and you have a good partner that is not um, – just pushing software. You're trying to uh, grow with us and, and help us, you know, and that's that really makes this whole process a lot easier. I mean, I, I, like I said, I have to credit my, you know, my my phenomenal end users, um, you know, support from, you know, the executive team. But I mean, support that we get from SSI, it's it's all part of it. I mean, I know this, you know, it's a good commercial, Ken. You know, I expect a little discount now after this, but uh, I, <laughs> I, I will drink to that, Jim. Thank you very Thanks. much. Yeah, I, I love it. We appreciate you coming on. No problem. Thanks, everyone. Have a great Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. Merry Happy Christmas. holidays. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. As we end today's podcast, we want to give a big thank you to everyone who listens, shares this podcast, and leaves us reviews. You've taken a good amount of your time out of your day, and we truly appreciate it. Thanks again, and uh, don't be afraid to email us at marketing at solsyst.com with your tips for the podcast, or maybe you'd even like to be a guest during an episode.